right? I mean, in college, whenever I quit going to all the parties, and when you finally see those people again, they're like, where you been, man? You're like, I've been doing this, right? And you <laughs> tell them that I've been doing real estate, and then they circle back to you, you know, a year after they're in their job. They're like, man, this job sucks. Like, what were you saying about that real estate thing again? <laughs> I had the same conversation over and over and over again. And at some point I was like, I got to get back to work. How can I continue to help people, right? So I kind of signed up for that program. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to write my own book. And because I was having this conversation so much that after I learned, like, all right, here's step by step, kind of how you write a book. Or I didn't even have the full side. I just like knew the first three steps. I sat down the day after Thanksgiving and I wrote my book in one day. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Today's guest will certainly have you climbing faster than ever before because at just the age of 24, Hayden has already established a commanding presence in the world of real estate and has authored a number one best-selling book on how to successfully invest in real estate. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. This is an episode of Entrepreneur Adventure that you do not want to miss. You're going to stay tuned. You're going to be on the edge of your seat the entire time. We're going to talk about investments. We're going to talk about speed of implementation. We're going to talk about how to crush it. And we're going to talk about that bubble bath post you made on Instagram today. <laughs> we, we, we may or may not have an R-rated podcast today. <laughs> I'm excited to bring to you the awesome Hayden Crabtree, best-selling author, investor, real estate expert. Welcome, Hayden. Hey, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, man. I'm pumped. We've been talking about it. We're in this ridiculously awesome studio. It's about to be ridiculous in here. That's what R-rated stands for. It's ridiculously good. <laughs> yes, I love it. I was texting Hayden about the podcast, and we were emailing back and forth as well, and he said, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> so so the bar is set high. You, you, uh, oh, it, the heat's coming for I, sure. I think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm right, Hayden said, you, mo- you better turn the air down. Like, get the temperature <laughs> set really low. <laughs> so I'm going to bring the, the heat. heat. That's right. We're going to learn so much today. We're going to have a lot of fun. It is going to be awesome, man. Uh, we're going to come away. I'll learn how to make more money. I'll learn how to engage in the speed of implementation and how you win and crush it by making things happen. This is going to be awesome, man. I want to start. We know each other for a long time. We've done a lot of business together. Man, I knew nothing about your story. Like, how did you get started? Tell me about how you ended up in real estate. Uh, I just want to know more about what got you here. Sure. What pushes all this drive? Yeah. uh, You know, everybody always asks, like, you know, what is your purpose? What is why you do this? And I've just kind of always been super transparent with myself. I've just always wanted a lot of money. And, like, that's been my main (laughs) driving factor. I mean, you get a shirt right now that says cash flow on it. I know. Not only that, he pulled up in this Mercedes with LED lights that change colors. And it's all this, like, extravagant brown leather. I mean, You've made it, dude. You check that box. We're on the way. We're All on right, the way. All right, keep going. But, Tell us more. But anyways, you know, uh, I never really had some factor in my life other than just like I wanted to be able to do whatever it was that I wanted to do, yeah. right? And that was really what I thought money was all about was being like, hey, if I want this Mercedes or hey, if I want to go do this or if I don't want to do this, right? If somebody is trying to tell me what in life I should do and I want to be like, 
no, I don't think that's good. I wanted to have the freedom to say, I'm not going to do that. That's not the right thing for me to do. So was this something you learned in a book or is this something, man, I just want control of my life. Like it's you, been since I was young. You just knew that super like, young. I'm not going to do things the normal way. I, I just knew. Absolutely. I love it. I yeah. just knew. Um, but I didn't really ever know how I was going to get there. I mean, I always had this mm -hmm. drive to be an entrepreneur and I never really knew what that meant. I didn't know if I'd end up in, you know, software or, you know, thought about working on Wall Street or some something in the financial world. And, you know, really whenever I was in college uh, is when I stumbled across, and we could talk more about this, but, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and the book. And it was pretty much going through that. I'm sure everybody gets that a lot. But I just knew on that instant after reading that book is like, okay, I got to learn about real estate because this is the way. And at that point, I knew nothing about real estate, but I'm just like, <laughs> this seems like it's going to be awesome. Let's go for it. You know, and it's funny because now, like whenever I, whenever I was driving here and I see different buildings, I don't see the name storefront on the buildings. I look at like, I think that could make like $10,000 a month. Or I think, like that's what I see you whenever see I drive by buildings it. now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the calculations yeah, going. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, I wonder how many square feet that is. What's, what's the rental? Like that's just how I look at the world. Uh, you know, and becoming a real estate investor. So, but it's awesome. I mean, I love it. I love the, the world of real estate investing because it's always something different. You know, you can go and you see your properties or whatever it may be. So it's it's fun. Tangible, so what, hard assets. Yeah. What was it like reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, which he's not exactly friendly toward traditional education while you're in college? Were you like, screw this, I'm quitting college? Or you're like, not just when I get out of college, I'm going to go to the real estate route? Like, how did you oh, <laughs> interpret and apply the book at that point? Yeah, I mean... I, I hated college. I mean, I loved college life, but I hated college. Like, why did I have to take English classes? And why did I have to take, you know, Africa studies just in order to, to get to the actual business classes? And by the time I got to the business classes, you know, no disrespect towards my professors, but they're like, you know, they're telling you about their career. And it's like, I've been a professor for 25 years. And it's like, when did you actually run a business? And why are you teaching me how I should run a business? Yeah, so and when did you learn what you're teaching? Like, you, yeah, you yeah, learned, you it, from learned a book. it from a book, and then you wrote a book on it, and you want me to buy your book, and that's pretty much the only business <laughs> experience you have, right, is selling your students' books. So, you know, I just kind of thought the system was broken. Wait a minute. You think people teaching business who have never been in business is a broken system? Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous, you know. Uh, I mean, it's funny because whenever I actually got to the, the real estate investments course in college, I, find, I, I majored in finance and real estate. When I got to the real estate investments course, there's one course on it. That's all there is on the investments piece and it just teaches you very basic things. You know, at that time I owned, I was a partner in some commercial properties, owned, you know, a sixplex, had done a bunch of real estate by that time. And I went up and I introduced myself to the professor on the first day of, on the first day of class. And, um, you know, I just talking to him for a second. I was like, hey, you know, I'm a real estate investor. He's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I started asking him, I said, you know, what kind of real estate investing do you do? Because he's the professor in the real estate. He's like, I flipped this one house one time and I took my <laughs> proceeds to buy a BMW. And that's all I ever did. And I'm just like, why is this guy for the next, you know, four months, whatever, <laughs> going to teach me how to be a real estate investor? Yeah, this class should be called How to Get You a BMW. Yeah, right. He can teach that. He did that. Right. The real estate Investment class professor doesn't own any real estate. He had flipped investments. one house. Wow. You know. All right. You skipped over something big here. You're talking about being in college and owning a multiplex yeah. and having real estate experience. Back it up, buddy. Sure, Tell us a little sure. more there. Yeah. So when did yeah. you get your when did you invest invest in your first property? How old were you? Um was either twenty or twenty one. Okay. Um and in that same year, I, I bought my first sixplex on my own 
and also invested, become partners in commercial properties. Whenever I say commercial properties, I really mean anything that's not a residential house. Uh, I, I look at apartments as commercial properties, anything over five units. I look at uh, storage units, which is specifically what I do. I look at grocery stores, retail chains, office buildings, anything like that I look at as commercial, and that's really kind of where I focus. But to go back and like how I got started, yes. right after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, again, I knew like I have to learn how to be a real estate investor. I don't care what it takes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes. So I just, you know, we're here in Athens, Georgia today, and I hop on my laptop um, I think probably during a class or something, I was you know zoning out trying to think about real estate investing, and I just type in real estate investing Athens, Georgia, and of course a forum pops up, Bigger Pockets, which you know is huge in the real estate investing community, and I get on there and I'm starting to read these these forums, um, and I see this one guy's post about how he had wholesaled some duplexes, made a couple hundred grand, and then he had uh, bought the duplexes back, put a bunch of money into them, and refied them all to own the property with no money and it still cash flowed every single month. And I was like, okay, what language is this guy? What is it wholesale? What does a refi mean? And how does this guy own property that pays him with no money into it? And I was just so struck. I was like, I have to learn how to do this. Right. So essentially I stalked the guy, right. And cause his number wasn't right there on the forum. I stalked the guy, found his business, just called him up. I said, Hey, you know, I would love, to be able to, to learn what you do. Can I take you out to lunch? Can I buy you coffee sometime? And he said, I don't drink coffee, but I'm on my way to this property and you can meet me there in 15 minutes. So <laughs> I ran down the stairs, got in my car, you know, send me the address is essentially all, all I said, right? So I got in, I went and met him and, um, you know, we essentially just got there and I had no idea what to say, right? Like at this point I was in my, my <laughs> that was a nervous 15 minute drive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no idea what to say <laughs> because I've essentially like, you know, I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I have the drive to want to do it, but I knew nothing else. I was in my early years of college, right? I wasn't even in like the business yet. I was still taking African studies or whatever it was. Like I had no idea, um, but I just met him there and I get, and I'm talking to him for a second. And, you know, I'm, I don't know what to ask. I don't know what to say. And I just like randomly spout, like, I'll work for you for free. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, he's just like, Okay. Who, who would turn that down? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, he's like, meet me at my house tomorrow. And I'm like, send me the address, right? So anyways. Go. That is why we're talking about speed of implementation. You dropped everything and met a stranger at a property. This is how like horror movies start, by yeah. the way. In 15 minutes and got there, like, I don't know what to do, but I want to learn this. I'll work for free. Yeah, yeah. All in one day's time. That exactly. is amazing. Exactly. So you, so you showed up at his house the next day? And we just got to work. You know, I mean, I had no idea what to do, but I realized very quickly um, that I could have became a liability. And I think that, that it's very important to understand working for somebody for free can be a drain on their business, right? If I come mm -hmm. in here and I come to y'all's podcast and I go, hey, you know, I'll work in your podcast for free because I want to learn how to podcast. But you have to spend so much time teaching me how to do things that you guys are like, man, I wish this guy would get out of our hair and just let us produce. Like, how do you right? fire some guy that works for you for free? Yeah. Like, hey, man, sorry, you're too or You're too expensive. Uh, <laughs> you're too, just get out, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. how it would be. So, you know, anyways, I learned very quickly that I had to do whatever it took to add value to that business. So I would just start there. Things that, anything I could find. Hey, 
your keyboard for all your different rental properties is super unorganized and I notice every single time somebody's trying to find a key, it takes 20 minutes to find the key. Let me go ahead and reorganize that entire keyboard for you. Oh wow, thanks, that's awesome, right? Or hey, you know, you have your kid's soccer practice and you need blah, blah, blah done, no sweat, I'll be there, right? I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. So working for free through that process, I just had to learn, I mean, I already knew how to add value, but I had to learn how to add value in strategic ways so that, you know, I wasn't a liability, I was an asset. I essentially did that for about a year. That whole entire year, I was just learning because at that time, the person, my mentor, or so he became my mentor, uh, had been doing real estate for about 10 years, was doing wholesales, flips, single family rentals, and multifamilies. So I learned the entire gamut of somebody who had been building a business for 10 years and maybe not doing every single thing right, but was having a lot of traction. And just from day one, I got thrown in the fire, right? So, so you got an education, hands-on, real life, by working for free for a year and adding a ton of value and doing whatever it was necessary for yeah. you to provide value. That's amazing. And I think that's huge for our audience. Man, how many people are willing to go work for free for a year and do it starting tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you're at where you're at right now, why you're a best-selling author, why you're able to achieve such a high level of success. You know what you want and you charge after it hardcore, man. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, most people would be more concerned with Am I going to be taken advantage of? Like in, you know, going yeah. into situations and I what don't if know I don't stuff. know what to do? What if? Uh, yeah. Yeah, what? and in your situation, you're like, hey, take advantage of me. Like I'll I'll get my own value out of doing this. I'll work here for free. It's it's just a totally different way of looking at things and putting yourself out there. So you said you worked for for free for roughly a year. For about a year, yeah. And I just every single day, my whole intention would be, how can I add value to this business? Because every time I would add value to that business, I would learn how to add value to my future business. Right. And that's really what it was all about. So essentially after a year, he just kind of looks at me, you know, there was no set time frame on this. I was willing to just keep going. And uh, <laughs> I was still learning every day. You know, I'm still learning. It's but amazing. Um, you know, just looks at me one day and he goes, you know, this is too good. Like, I have to make you a partner in this business in order to keep your time and attention here. Because it was getting to the point where like my skill set had leveled up so much. You had learned enough. I had learned to go enough to go else. do it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know? And um, so anyways, it just kinda looks at me one day it's like, I, I have to make you a partner in this business. Let's talk about how to get you in on deals. So at that point I, I went from working for free to working for equity in, you know, multi million dollar properties. And that's really, you know, how I saw the light of like before I graduate, even though I started, like I think the day I went and worked for free, I probably had like seventeen hundred to two thousand dollars in my bank account, right? And that's because I was, you know, working bartending in downtown Athens, you know, just being a college student at night after I'd, you know, do my, my classwork, my studies, work for free at night, go be a bartender, work at the bar, right? And that's how the only way that I would really make money in the meantime, um, you know, but that's how I went from starting to working for free to becoming financially free whenever I graduated college and doing whatever I wanted. Did anything change for you when you went from working for free to then the guys like, hey, let's partner up on a deal. Did it change mentally or emotionally for you when you're looking at that next deal and it's like, no, this one's actually, I'm gonna be an owner in it. Or were you just like, it's same old, same old? No, it, it totally went, uh, you know, from, wow, this property has, you know, a 12% return and my mentor is gonna make this much on it and this looks like a good deal to, you know, analyzing the deal and be like, holy crap, like, if this goes the way I'm thinking it's gonna, I'm gonna make, you know, a quarter million in two years, right? 
whoa, let's get this contract under wraps, <laughs> and that's like, let's really do this, you know, so. Were you always a long-term thinker? Because all sure. this is like long-term planning. For sure. Hey, let me work for free for X amount of time or whatever it takes. Let me let me invest now for a two- or five-year mm-hmm. return. That, your mindset, you always knew the long-term was the win. For sure. On my first commercial property that, that I really got a, a piece of ownership in, I didn't, I didn't look at it here, but I said, man, when I'm 45, this thing will generate $7,000 a month for me. That was my mindset going into it. Yep. You know, and that's just like, I was never doing it for the here and the now. I was doing it for like, what could life be like in the future? Yeah, and Kiyosaki says in that book, if I'm right, that there's three keys to wealth. I mean, I'm going to forget one of them here, but one of them is delayed gratification. So you got to be able to work for free. You got to be able to do something not expecting an immediate reward, which is so hard for people in our culture if you want to build long-term wealth. So if you're seeing that, I don't know if it was inspired by the book or that was just put in you by guardians or parents somewhere down the road, but uh, it's huge. Because again, most people are like, I'm scared to take a move because I don't want to be taken advantage of. But then people who are going to achieve success are like, if I can do X, Y, Z, expecting no return for however long, at some point in time, I'm going to mm-hmm. get a huge return and then just go to work. So you're able to do that. Now, I do have this question. Where did you pick that long-term mentality up? Did you have a dad or mom or granddad or something in your childhood that like helped you see that or is it just something you kind of weaved into your life by like where did you get that because that's that's rare for people to have especially at that age yeah when most, you're young. most of us are worried about all right how do we have enough money to make it to friday and be able to afford the bar friday and saturday mm-hmm. night I mean, you're you're tw- in 21 years old uh thinking long term yeah, long-term vision and the ability to delay gratification which again if you're in your early 20s like if you're at any stage of life that's difficult but especially when most people would consider you immature, you know, when you're in your early 20s, but you already had that delayed gratification thing down, at least in this area of entrepreneurship. Where'd you get that, man? Where'd you pick that up? I really don't know, man. I mean, I would remember whenever I was in middle school, I would go to the high school football games on Friday night. My dad would always give me 20 bucks and I would always not spend a single, I would spend like the ticket and just, and he'd be like, you know, get the ticket, buy yourself some food or drinks, whatever. I would never buy any food or drinks. I would always (laughs) save the money He's I like, I bought my first real estate and investment I put property. put it in the stash, you know? So I've always just been a, like, like there's that marshmallow test, right? Yeah. I would not eat the marshmallow, you know? And yeah. when they came back and placed another one, I'd be like, could I double down or nothing? You know, like, you would still be more. sitting there. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, we got to wrap this up. Get this kid out of here. Like a yeah. pile of marshmallows. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trade these for a house here in a little bit. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's amazing, man. That's really cool. And then not only were you able to gain the knowledge and really leverage your time for a tremendous amount of education, you're able to take this and become, and I think this is so impactful and gonna be so awesome for, for our audience, no matter whether you're 20 years old or 50 years old, you were able to get into your first real estate deal with essentially no money out of pocket. No money. Let's talk about that. How, how has that strategy worked for you? Um, how, how, how can we educate our listeners on, on how you do that? There's a lot of ways to do it. You know, there is no yeah. one one answer. I mean, um, everybody. that's something that a lot of people ask. <clears throat> and I tell people that I've, I've come up with this, you know, essentially this model that there are three things needed to invest in real estate. It's, it's really like a triangle. And on the first, the base level is the deal and the management, right? So you need to have a good deal that you want to invest in. You need to have management. There's there's two folds of management. There's property management and investment management. And those are really the foundations to a great real estate deal. But really the top of that pyramid and what brings, you know, the deal and the management together for success is the capital, right? And so people are always looking 
normally at just one of the three angles, and they need to look at the holistic picture of, okay, how can I find good deals, who's going to management, and where's the capital going to come from? Those can really be three different people, or it could be all of one person. Traditionally, sure. what, what people do is, is they try and do all three things themselves. Well, I learned that if I got really, really good at finding deals, fantastic deals, that, and I could learn how to systemize the management, the capital piece would take care of itself. Whether it be we could raise equity from people or whether it be I could borrow money in the form of debt to put as a down payment on top of, you know, other bank loans. Like that piece will figure out itself or the capital could be, you know, hey, how do I creatively finance this? And at that point, it's all about problem solving. But really, the, the main key is just learn the fundamentals of how real estate works monetarily, how money flows in and out, how the value plays itself, and then start making offers with no money. Like people are always asking me, how do I get in my deal? I've got $4,000. I've got no money. And it's like, dude, I started with nothing. Like don't quit making excuses. Just, yeah. just do it. And you know what everybody's afraid of? Somebody caring that they don't have any money to put down on a real estate deal or thinking that they don't belong or being told no. It's like I've made so many offers where I've been laughed at. It's like, <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah. Who cares, you know? Yeah, so for you, it's just keep going after it, keep making those offers, keep making that effort. If you do the homework, if you do the due diligence part, mm -hmm. you're able to find the other pieces because a good deal is a good deal. Absolutely. Any people have got money that want to invest, people have knowledge that want to invest, people have management systems that want to invest, and there's plenty of people out there Absolutely. that want to sell property. So it, it all lines up. And it kind of goes into your story some, Chad. So when you're getting your entrepreneur start, right? you found deals and you brought it back Sure. To Ken and his dad for capital. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, this is a good deal. I don't have any money, but this is a good deal. And they would basically go in partnership with you to, yeah. to finance yeah. this deal. And you, and you were flipping stuff, right? Flipping cars or flipping houses. So you're doing the same thing. You're not worried about somebody saying like, no, nah, I don't want to partner with you. Or mm -hmm. no, that's, man, that's a crazy number you're throwing me. I would never sell for that much. You were just, I'm going to go find good deals. Yeah. And when I find one, I know I'll be able to find the other two pieces. Yeah, well, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, I forget where it's written and which one of his books, but he essentially said in my very first mindset was, you're going to have to make 100 offers to get one deal. I'm like, bet, let's start making 1,000 okay. offers. You know, like, So you were good with it. You knew, like, all right, I, I'm going to get 99, 99 rejections. Knows, That's good. 99 knows means the next one's a yes. So let me get through those 99 so I can get it's to that It's a numbers one. game. Yeah. What do you I see in your, so in your peers in this industry? Because everybody wants to, it's, real estate's a sexy game. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, what do be in real estate investing? I don't think most people can handle the 99 no's. Mm -hmm. So for you, when you're looking back and seeing people who, quote, unquote, kind of started with you, did you see most of them eventually just kind of fade out because they couldn't handle the rejection or they couldn't handle, their, or maybe they weren't hungry enough to go find the deals? Because when did you start this? How long ago was it? How many years? I mean, the dude's on, well, you're 24 I'm 24 now. now. Yeah, I mean, so, like very long ago. You got a three four or four, four and a half years. Year. Yeah, I think I started. Don't let the book on the table fool you. This well, that's, I, I, that's the crazy thing is like, you don't know this. You're crushing yeah. it. And then, so I knew that in, I knew a little a group of people who were trying to do the same thing with finding wholesale deals and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And here we are three or four years later with your book and your success story being told. And a lot of the other guys that I knew that were trying to do that back then, like, some of them are still doing it, and yeah. some of them are still doing it well, but most of them aren't doing it anymore at all. And it's like, so why is that? Why are they not doing it in your books? What here? separated you from everybody else out there trying to do the same thing? You know, I, I mean, I think that realistically, and I see this a lot from people who, who read my book and, and want to know the secret. You know, I'm doing air quotes here. The secret. There really isn't a secret, right? It's just right. that you have to have the fortitude 
to be told no and be okay with that. And a lot of people will get one no, they'll get extremely discouraged, they'll get back up and they'll try it a second time and they'll go, this isn't for me, right? And for me, I took the opposite mindset. I was, I was trying to get as many no's as quickly as possible. <laughs> get you that yes. Yes, so because faster. the yes was coming, and the yeses do come. You know, the yeah. yeses do come. And this is the classic entrepreneur story. I mean, you listen to podcasts, you read people's books over and over and over. The people I know at high levels of success and high achievers, they got told no by the first 43 banks. Mm-hmm. They got told no on their first 50 business. Like, no is a common thread oh yeah everybody i love clay persistence grit yeah and a guy's like you'll never make it you don't have the experience you can't do the big successful guy like fourth meeting he has with somebody and this guy's like you'll never make it and he ends up getting hired by that guy later on you know but it's that same like you can't do it and the winners for whatever reason just like whatever Mm -hmm. like bet against me yeah and so you had that hustle man that's that's awesome to see like you're just like let's go get the nose let's go but find everybody that's not interested but so a big, find the one person that is a big key before we move on from that for anybody's listening let your nose teach you something you know don't Ooh, just be told no good. don't yeah. don't just be told Learn no and nose. be like you know what yeah. f that person they told me no <laughs> i was like i got told no and i'd follow up why how can I do this better? Okay. How can I differentiate myself to get to a yes? You know, so it's super important to not just be like, I'm going to do a crappy job because I'm going to be told no. And if I do a crappy job 99 times, then I'll get a yes. <laughs> no, you have to constantly be improving. And then, you know, then it's not 100 or then it's not 99 no's. Then it's 49 no's. And then it's 24 no's. And then it's, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. you get to this point where you're like, you know, you're studying your results. Like, yeah. All right, what went wrong with that that offer? Absolutely. And how can I make how can I not make the same mistake again? Right. Did you ever have a like fear mentality from a risk standpoint? Man, the market may change, or I may not know what I'm doing, or man, my buddy's over here working at the bank, making twice as much as I am. Maybe I should go get a bank. Did you go through that mental challenge of risk or what may happen, or were you just hey, I know long term this is a win. Go go go. I knew long-term it was a win, but I also thought a lot about if strategically I was approaching it the right way. Yeah. You know, I thought a lot about like, hey, should I just try and go get a sales job that I can work 40 hours a week and put another 40 hours a week as a side hustle into real estate? You know, should I try and get to where I'm making six figures and then, you know, where I could reinvest into that? I just kept doing the math and I was like, God, that sounds horrible, you know? And I just (laughs) like had to go all in on it and essentially, you know, burn the boats on anything else. At some point, like I, I took, I took like um, the, the opportunity in college to like try and set up a couple of interviews, right? For like mm-hmm. in case I didn't want to do real estate, in case I want to do something else. And um, I remember I tried to set up an interview at SunTrust Bank for financial analysis, and they declined to interview me. And I said, <laughs> they declined me an interview. And I said, all right, it's go time. You know? Like, okay, so that one, you, you didn't <laughs> that say I'm no control. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. not when he said, what can I learn from this? Yeah, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you guys yeah. later. Yeah. 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 I'll buy this freaking building. I never financed it with SunTrust. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love it. And then at that point, I just said, I'm not dealing. I'm not even going to attempt anymore. You know, it's this or nothing. So, Man, I love it. So, Okay. We've talked about you're you're in your early twenties. You're still in your early twenties right now. You buy a multiplex with no money. You partner up. Now all of a sudden, you start specializing in storage facility deals. Mm-hmm. 
And you guys don't just go after one or two. You're talking about stacking all of a sudden five, eight, mm-hmm. 10, 12 storage facilities. You all went on a, we're going to focus on storage facilities and we're going to run hard and fast. And again, that it comes back to that speed of implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you learn there? What was your experience? Uh, is that something that was planned or just you got in there and started moving really hard and fast? Yeah, and how did you guys get to that niche? Like this is the niche we're going to oh, yeah, focus good on. Good question. For sure. So, you know, whenever I first jumped in with my mentor, we were doing primarily trying to find really good deals in the single family world. So, you know, potentially a house that's worth $200,000. Can we buy it for a hundred, you know, put 20 grand into it and make it worth 200,000. If it makes sense to flip it, or does it make sense to hold it as a rental, you know, and then pretty much try and try and move that up into bigger multifamily deals where we can take the equity from, from smaller houses and put it tax free, you know, through a 1031 into, into a multifamily for buy and hold. And through that process, we were doing a lot of prospecting for single-family houses, of course. And, um, you know, just a guy calls us one day here in Athens. And, he said, you know, you guys tried to buy my house. I don't want to sell you guys my house. But me and my dad built this storage facility about 10 years ago. And neither of us have even been out there in, I don't know, probably a year. And we don't really even know what kind of shape it's in. So, uh, you know, we take that call. And just like any other, you know, pretty much appointment to see a property is we go check it out. We're like, we don't know anything about storage units. <laughs> you know, we know about real estate, <laughs> you know, and uh, so I guess we'll go for it. Like, why not? The price makes sense, right? So at that point, we're just like, how fast can we learn about storage facilities? And, you know, when you buy in real estate, you have normally like 60 days of due diligence, maybe a little longer right now. But um, well, how much can we learn about this thing in 60 days, right? This industry, <laughs> this business. And uh, we just dove all in, joined as many associations, read as many books, listened to as many podcasts as possible, bought that first storage facility. And then after like two months of of operating it and owning it, we're just like, dude, this is like... This is way better. This is way better than dealing with apartments and tenants because... Mm -hmm. When somebody moves out of our, you know, rental houses, it's like, all right, get new carpet, paint it, put it on Zillow, try and lease it. It's like when someone moves out of your storage unit, it's like, hey, where's the broom, right? Sweep <laughs> this thing out and throw a lock on it and let's rent it the same day, right? So it was just a fundamental shift um, in pretty much how, how it was is being operated. By a and, random phone call. By a random phone call. And having the motivation and courage to say, okay, we don't know what we're yeah. doing but we can learn this really freaking fast. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to buy it and figure it out. And then that turned into more and more and more. And you guys, not only did you guys acquire more storage facilities uh, than than probably anybody else over the course of a couple of years, you then leveraged that into a multi-million dollar sale where you packaged and sold a lot of facilities together. Yeah. And now you're back in the acquisition game, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I kind of back up there a little bit and we'll walk through that, but... Uh, you know, essentially about two months after owning that first little, what now I would consider a rinky-dink facility, <laughs> you know. It was state-of-the-art at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best thing ever, man. It was like, this is groundbreaking, and now it's like, you know, whatever. I wouldn't buy that for nothing anymore. <laughs> I know. So, um, it's funny how you, you, you know, you change like that. But essentially we said, you know, this is amazing. Let's do nothing but buy storage facilities now. So that's exactly what we did. We just dropped, like, everything else. Like we're going to focus all of our attention and energy and effort on going out and buying storage facilities, 
And I think it was maybe 2018, we bought a storage facility a month. We're, ta- we're talking about, you know, seven-figure deals, <laughs> yeah. a storage facility a month. And, um, yeah. So, anyways, you know, that, that was just, yeah. they, it, was, it was just a full-on grind. And, you got you know, a speechless over here, by the way. <laughs> you, you know, you just learn that, like, I don't know. At some point, we went too fast, almost in a way, and sure. I, it's kind of rare for me to say that. But we kind of in 2019, we kind of popped our head up for a breath of air, and we're like, "Holy cow, we need to kind of, of retune yeah. our gears here and make sure the portfolio that we've built is really being maximized." So then we kind of let off the acquisition break, really focused on optimization and systemization of uh, you know like running those efficiently. And then in 2020, you know, we kind of, after we got everything going, we kind of said, man, you know, we bought a lot in 2018. We really learned, you know, what we were doing in 2019. In 2020, what if we wipe the slate clean and start from scratch with all the lessons we've learned? And so we went through a portfolio sale. Uh, and essentially now we're back with like all the lessons, you know, Average investor return on the on the first portfolio was eighty six percent annualized a year, which the stock market does like seven percent annualized. Yep. So, anyways, um, it was financially a really good really good decision, you know. And um, but now we're like, hey, we went through all the growing pains. Now how do we scale this with all the lessons that we know, and just go crush it? Did you guys get rid of all of your? Not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. So you still have some left, but you. Got rid of a lot, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, correct. Okay, and that's, that is awesome. Cause, and most people don't have an opportunity in business to almost do that. Like, okay, let's get rid of 80% of our clients and keep 20% and then start over with all the knowledge we have. So your ability to do this, it is kind of fun to see, like, okay, what are they, when you have all that knowledge and wisdom sure. and you can start over almost. Yep. With all, like, cause it's like going back in time. We're back to the future here, man. Like, Marty McFly, yeah. don't do that. That's a cool thing to experience. So you're just in the early parts of it, I guess, right now, right? You said that was yeah, 2020 you sold? You guys yeah, we just sold in November of oh, okay. 2020, and so we're recording in January. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's back to it. It's it's full-time. Chad's been trying to get me here for like two months. I'm like, dude, I'm too busy, <laughs> man. Why? You've been in acquisition mode. He's yeah, I'm, I'm trying to spend insane. some money, you know? So, so. <laughs> so you mentioned most people don't have the opportunity to wipe the slate clean. I think most people don't have the courage to wipe the slate well, clean. Well, you're right. You've got something good. But yeah, why not sell that? Why not wipe the slate clean? Let's take, like you guys did, you guys had awesome returns. You guys made a bunch of money. But more importantly than that, you had an education and mm-hmm. knowledge to leverage at that point. The courage to wipe the slate clean, get rid of something good. How do we pursue something great mm-hmm. and make it better and keep doing it? I, that's really motivating for me and, and has me rethinking how I approach some things. Look out, guys. Chad's about to kick us out and wipe the slate clean on the podcast. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And, and instead hey, of, I think I found you a deal, Hayden. Uh, this building's for sale, man. trying to tweak and grow what's there, is there an opportunity? And do you have the courage to wipe it clean? And let's start over with all that knowledge. I think that's really cool. And the real estate space yeah. offers an awesome opportunity for that, which yeah. is which is crazy. And and one thing I want our listeners to understand here, because I had the, the, the fortunate side of uh, being able to see this happen as mm-hmm. you guys are growing and being involved from a financial planning side of the back end of a support staff for you guys. 
When he talks about acquiring a facility a month, that sounds easy. This was mm. not easy for you. You were scrambling left and right. You were making it happen. Mm. You were getting turned down by banks. You were moving around there in three or four different states. Mm. It was chaos is an understatement. I mean, yeah. the amount of hustle and energy and just grit and persistence, man, it was, it was amazing to yeah. watch. And I think that's... Once you get to a certain point, it don't get easier. Yeah. You just start having to figure things out you, faster. Yeah, yeah. And you can handle more for sure. Yeah. For sure. There's a picture of me. Maybe we can put it in the show notes of talking to two attorneys on two different phones <laughs> at the same time <laughs> going to a closing. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, it's scrambling was definitely, you know, an understatement um, by a lot of means. But it's it's it was really good. You know, I mean, that's and that's a common theme, really. I would say in, in my story and a lot of entrepreneurs' story is have an idea, boom, let's do it. Don't think about it. And then you kind of look up and you're like, crap, what did I get myself into? And then you go, you know, and then you kind of reflect on what did I learn? How do I do this better? And it's kind of that iterative process. Uh, but, but it's really all about I have an idea, let's do it. Because was what we were doing perfect? No, not by any means. But it's a lot better to have an idea and to execute on it than to plan for way too long. So, so you're you're in your early twenties. You've crushed it in an industry of rentals and storage facilities. You're performing at a high level. You guys have sold a portfolio. You, you you've done very very well for anybody, much less somebody that's 24 years old. Why the jump? To being an author, why the jump to course creation? What what led to these other moves sure. that's continuing to build and grow your levels of success? Yeah, uh, I, I think we mentioned it earlier, but like real estate is that you know the sexy field that everybody wants to get into, and um, you know along with a couple other, but everyone seemingly has an interest in real estate for some period of time or another. Um, whether it be they watch HGTV or whether they know somebody who's a realtor or whatever it really may be. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I have a decently sized network and I just continue, you know, to get a lot of questions, both from people my age, you know, in my peer group or, you know, a, a, a lot older, right? I mean, in college, whenever I quit going to all the parties and when you finally see those people again, they're like, where you been, man? You know, like, I've been doing this, right? And you tell them that I've been doing real estate and then they circle back to you, you know, a year after they're in their job. They're like, man, this job sucks. Like, what were you saying about that real estate thing again? (laughs) And, you know, so I kept getting like that kind of interaction uh, almost to the point where like two people a week, it seemingly were reaching out to me, wanting me to teach them about what I knew about real estate. And I love helping people. Like I'm of the abundance mindset. There are so many real estate deals out there. I can help. I can help a hundred thousand people, and my business isn't going to suffer at all. So I kind of, you know, I love helping people. But this conversation that I was having with people that would literally just blow their minds on the financial benefits of being a real estate investor, I had the same conversation over and over and over again. And at some point, I was like, I got to get back to work. How can I continue to help people, but do my work right? Do do yeah. do what makes me money. Um, so essentially, at that point. You know, uh, a, a somewhat friend, person I know, his name's Chandler Bolt. He runs a school, uh, a program called Self Publishing School. They're on the Inc. 5000. They help people write their own book, right? So I kind of signed up for that program um, and I said, you know, I'm going to write my own book. And because I was having this conversation so much, 
that after I learned, like, all right, here's step-by-step kind of how you write a book. I didn't even have the full side. I just, like, knew the first three steps. I sat down the day after Thanksgiving, and I wrote my book in one day. One day? Yeah. He's like, I've already had the conversation. I've already had a conversation. It's just writing it now. Now I just got to get it on this paper. So two energy drinks later, I had written my book, and (laughs) it it was, you know, go time. So... Man, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, I had no idea you wrote the book in a day. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. Again, speed of implementation here, man. No fear, no worries about, do I know what I'm talking about here? Is this going to help people? Are people going to buy it? You're just like, I'm writing a book. I'm going to do it today. Mm-hmm. And see what, how'd you know what to do with the book once you wrote the book? This program that helped I, guide you through the whole process? I, I wrote or? it in Word, and then I just, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of pages long I just started printing it out and giving it to people it was like what do you think about this and just all the feedback I got was like you can do this with real estate I was like alright I think I'm on to something ah, here. Yeah, you yeah. know and so just went through the process you know that that, that program kind of helped me understand like alright you know here's where you find you know formatters here's, where you, here's how you get people to design your cover and then you know here's how you launch it so I self-published the book on Amazon it's not a difficult difficult process, but you do have to do the process, right? And um, so I, I pretty much wrote all the text, and then over the next you know two months, there's some images inside of it that I had a graphic designer make from a sketch I drew on a napkin. I was like, you know, send a graphic designer something on a napkin, and I'm like, make this, you know, so in a JPEG format or whatever it is, and throw it in my book, get somebody to format it, throw it up on Amazon, and you know, since the day I launched it, it's been a bestseller in one category or another. Oh, it's so. crushed it, man. I see it all over Instagram. I see posts. I see so much value people are getting out of it. And, and so many people are coming to you yeah. with all sorts of things from the book. On Not only are they getting value, they're implementing these things and changing their lives and making yeah. money. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I have, you know, I went to Austin, uh, Texas for a mastermind 20, 20s and their 20s of real estate. And, you know, I, I shared the book with a couple people who um, I've become friends with in Indianapolis, and they keep telling their friend group, and they've had six friends now buy a rental after reading my book. So just in Indy, right? Just That's from that really one cool. subset of yeah. people. So, um, you know, it's super, super powerful for me. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that I did it. And I don't, I didn't write it to make money. Like, I sell the book for the minimum I can sell it on Amazon just to get it out there. And I give my book and audio book away absolutely free in PDF in audio format. Huh. So for anybody that wants it, it's there to help people. Like I've definitely spent more money on it than I've made from it, but the impact it's having is, is totally worth it. So if anybody wants it, they can go to HaydenCrabtree.com forward slash free book and you can get either. For and, free. It, and it's built to help beginners get into yeah. real estate. Yeah, they're, That's they're, the whole model there. It's, it's, you know, it's there to teach you the common pitfalls a lot of people go through. It's there to get you away from the shiny object syndrome and really help you focus on what's going to help you change your financial life in the world of real estate. And then it, there's also a bunch of resources in there. There's spreadsheets you can use to analyze deals. There's, um, you know, there's videos in there to go further in depth on topics. Again, all of it, absolutely free. So that's really cool. That's at, for you to be able to share that content, put yeah. it out there and that, have that abundance mentality. That's what's given you the ability to do this yeah. and know, Hey, I'm not creating a bunch of competitors. I'm creating a bunch of opportunity for 100%, other people. 100%, man. Yeah. And that's what your story carries on even before you had any success doing this. You weren't afraid of being taken advantage of. Again, you didn't have this scarcity mentality of like, there's only enough for, you know, is there enough for everybody? You're just like, I'll work for free. Mm-hmm. I will give my secrets to my com- my competitors. Like, 
there's enough for everybody. I'm going to make it happen. Our last podcast, we were talking to Rain about the best investment. He's like, it's investing in people, investing in people, mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about, man. You're just, you have like, it's almost like you have like spiritual property in Indianapolis right now. You know what I'm saying? Because like what you did. I'll take you, some real commission. You got some eternal rewards, man. You're good. But no, for real though, like, because you know that your effort, your day after Thanksgiving, sit down and write all this stuff out helped somebody else yep. get started on the path that you've been on, which is awesome, man, because that's true success is knowing that you've helped somebody else get to a better level. So yep. kudos and, to you for that, man. That's and, awesome. And I come back, it's like the perfect combination you've got here of speed of implementation. You move fast, you move hard. It doesn't have to be perfect. You make it happen, but with a long-term mindset. It's like move now, move fast, go get it, go buy storage facilities a month, but with a long-term mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare. I think most people in your position – 90% of people would have pivoted because you're here, you've got a captive audience, you've got people wanting to buy real estate. The thing that pops into my mind, man, I'll be a real estate agent. I can close all these deals mm-hmm. that people are connecting uh, to me and getting encouraged and motivated to do. I'll make 6% or mm-hmm. 3% on all these deals being a real estate agent. You didn't go there. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, that's the shiny, immediate, short-term mm-hmm. financial win. I'm a long-term player. Right. I'm going to help people. I'm going to continue to invest commercially. I'm going to invest in storage facilities. And I think this is a big thing for you. You're not a flipper, obviously. Skip the yep. flip. Yep. Hold it. Long-term rental. That is where the wealth, equity, that is where the money's at. Yeah. That's where the smart players live. 100%. 100%. So I got a question for you, Hayden, on, on the book. Yeah. So we talk about, like, you went to work for free because you had that long-term mentality of like, I, I can see where I think this can get me with, if I, if I learn this stuff, I'll be able to apply it later on. With the book, you had a, I need to get a book out because I'm spending time. Like it, it was, it didn't seem to me like it was more, it was it was this long-term vision or delayed gratification oriented. It was more like, let me get this book because it can save me some of my time right now. Did you have a master plan for the books? It sounded like you're like, let me get the book. Then you just started giving it out. I, it seems to me a lot of people have the, uh, paralysis of analysis because they're like before they write the book they want to know like what talk show am I going to be on talking about the book five years from now mm-hmm. you wrote the book in a day printed it in word and started handing it out so did you, did you have a plan how do you balance that long term vision with just get started let's roll are you just going off gut I mean I just I, just, I said I don't want to say no to helping people but also I have to start protecting my time, mm-hmm. right? And that was really where the balance came from of like, how do I continue to help these people? And then how do I, you know, how, how do I get back to it, right? So for me, it was a short investment of time in the long run, kind of what you're saying, almost karma, how can I help people type deal. Yeah, it's like uh, your long-term vision was more about freeing up your time long-term. Yeah. But this wasn't a marathon. This was a sprint. Like the working for free for a year is a marathon. That's like, yeah. Pay the price. This is like, all right, let me rip off the Band-Aid. All right, so here's the crazy thing I see here. You wrote this book. Too many people asking you questions about mm-hmm. how to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. Now you got thousands of people asking you questions <laughs> yeah. about investing yeah. in real estate. Yeah. It's compounded the problem. But, yeah. but you have an answer for that, right? Yeah. You've kind of switched gears, and now you've created a real estate investment course for yeah. beginners, right? Yeah, so I mean, you know, essentially on the back end of this book, like I, I wrote this book and I thought that it was as much as all-encompassing as it could be. Sure. And um, 
you know, it, it's a lot about how the game of real estate investing works, how you can, you know, value property, how you can make money off of it, the different benefits you get out of it. And like you're saying, because it's been so popular, it's just led to like a lot more people asking a lot more. Now they're in-depth questions. It used to be like, how does real estate work? And now it's like, hey, when I'm in year three and blah, 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 in this complex situation, I'm like, oh, brother, you know, like, uh, but, you know, where that led me to going is essentially like I wanted to continue to help people, but I was just like, all right, you know what, if I'm going to do this, uh, then I need to be, you know, pretty much compensated in some way because I got to take time away from my yeah, from my yeah, business to absolutely. help you. So what I did is I, you know, I spent part of 2020 sitting down and mapping out every single detail of how I run my real estate business, like every single process. I think it's probably, I don't know, it, 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 it took me two months to make all the videos. And I'm talking about making videos every single day. I, you know, I give away all my documents, resources, spreadsheets, management tools. I even brought in my accountant to teach them about the That's tax right. side of it. I got my own little segment. <laughs> That's right. Chad's got a segment in there where he teaches people the specifics on uh, on the taxes and how all that works. Um, but essentially, you know, what it is is I give away, I give people the videos, I give people the tool system spreadsheets, how to gain the knowledge, how to do it. And then I give them weekly support as well through like a group mastermind call every single week where, you know, I'll help you analyze your deal. I'll, you know, answer your question about this blah, 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 whatever it is or any point. Like last week we had one of our students buy a $3 million apartment complex. So, and like she, she totally said like without Hayden, this would not have been possible. Right. So it's, it's powerful to, to see that. Like that's going to change their life. Absolutely. I, I had a call where somebody from your course yeah, bought thirty-two units yeah. in Texas because of your teaching and right. your course. And right, they're, they're going to be in ten years. Their entire financial life is going to be change, different. change. That's, that's so cool. So it's powerful, you know. Ha like, have you lost the drive and energy behind helping and teaching in real estate, or are you like having so much fun and loving this? No, every day? I mean I love it. I, I want to help. You know, I, I want to get three hundred people in my course this year. I want to continue to do that and grow that business. And now I'm looking at it strategically, like. Who can I hire in my business to to really give more support to my people, right? Yeah. Because I don't want to quit being a real estate investor, but it's starting to reach the point where it's like I need somebody to help support these people, but I want to make sure it's quality level of support. So, you know, with growth comes new challenges, and I'll figure it out quickly and roll. Oh, I bet quickly uh, being the key word. There. Yeah. So quickly funny means too. like tomorrow. Well, because he's got all this packed in to like a three to four year career so far, right? And it's like yeah. most people, we've, this is like a, conversation you have with somebody who's been in business for 15 or 20 years you're like four years into this thing and you're already doing these things that are just crazy it's just like the the snowball effect of what you're doing mm -hmm. so here's my question for you you started out i want to i read cash flow quadrant i want to learn real estate let me you know i want to learn wholesale and let me spend some time with this guy what is the trajectory now like where do you see yourself again this, we're four years in brother yeah where do you see yourself in 10 years are you yeah. shooting for grant cardone like what is it that you're trying to do like what do you what do you want to accomplish i don't because i don't think it's just like i want to own a bunch of storage property right but i might be wrong what is it no i mean i want to continue to help people you know you should really see the notes section of my phone of like things that i need to do like when i tell myself <laughs> oh, yeah. like things that i need to do i must have like four different note pages and on each of those is like this outlay like I have several more books that I want to write to really help people in the real estate world um, and then really I think think my big help to people um, I've gotten so much interest in people who are like man I love the real estate it makes perfect sense to me but I'm a surgeon and I love my job and I make great money doing it and I want to be a real estate investor but I can't I get so many you know calls like that 
I really just want to go in and, and open up a real estate investment firm that, that gives people really good deals, like helps them get the life-changing benefits of real estate. Not like some REIT where you're like, hey, sure. I'm going to make 5% a year and this is like anything else. Like present really life-changing deals to people and help them get in on those kind of deals, you know, for long-term generational wealth is really my next step is, is opening up some funds like that to help people not just teach them how to do it, but also like, hey, if you want to do it and you want to do it with me, then here, invest in this, you know, this fun lifetime income. Fund. So it's like a more professional, unique, systemized way of doing what you're doing in the beginning. You're finding the deals and have the management and now yep. you're going to find the capital with people yep. who, are, again, like you said, hey, I'm a surgeon. I love what I do. It's my calling. I make great money. I, yep. You're able to connect the, connect the dots again and create right. a win for that person. Everybody wins. This dude's driven by the win-win, man. I love that because there are some people I meet and they are, they're like, they're focused on winning, but they're not a, they're, they're a win at all cost type mm -hmm. person. And so they're like letting somebody get screwed over on this side because they're like, hey, that's, there's a path to a win. I'll derail this person. Yeah. And they're not worried about it. I'm like, mom, where, where's your soul, bro? But your thing is driven on the end of like, no, nah, I want to, I want everybody to be blessed with right my wealth, with my success. And that's like the why it's such a contagious sitting there talking to you. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. go buy a real estate property. You know? <laughs> I'm going to skip the flip, Hayden. I ain't flipping nothing, bro. Good, good. And, and if you if you go the Hayden Crabtree way, you're probably going on a rental by Monday. I mean, I'm just uh, following the man's it's, footsteps. It's, it's Friday, Chad. Why wait so long? <laughs> He's like, come right. on, Chad. Speed like up implementation. Like Attorneys aren't closed on Saturday. You just got to go knock on the door. They'll do the closing. We'll close this thing ourselves. So, so wrapping this all up, man, so many lessons, so much awesome content information for our audience and our listeners. What advice would you give somebody that's, you know, thinking about real estate or thinking about going into a, an entrepreneurial scenario? What What's gave you this energy and purpose and just speed of implementation that, that tips that you pass along to somebody? You know, some tips th that I would give people is, um, one, you, you really just got to go for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but you don't have to go, like I went all in, and I wouldn't yeah. say that you have to go all in in the, in the world of real estate. In the world of entrepreneurship, I do think you have to go all in. But I don't necessarily look at real estate investing as, a, as an entrepreneurship story. I think that everybody should own some sort of property, and it, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be you know, time consuming, but it, it can be neither of those things and it can still be very financially impactful um, and, and really life changing in that regard. So, you know, if you want to get in real estate, don't let, you know, your fear of how do I dedicate this much time to it? How do I, you know, it doesn't have to be like that to be really impactful in your life. Uh, but, but if you want to be an entrepreneur, which is, you know, I don't want to say totally different, but, but business is different than investing. And that was really the main point of my book is that, you know, flipping houses and wholesaling, those are business activities. And there's nothing wrong with those businesses. There's nothing wrong with being, <clears throat> excuse me, a real estate agent. There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to do those things. But let's just call a spade a spade. Those things are businesses. If you want to be a real estate investor, you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want, spend your time wherever you want, because that's what investing is, right? So just know the difference between those two things. If you want to be a business owner, uh, then, you know, it's going to be a challenging road. Like if anybody tells you differently, if there's any system on, you know, how to get rich in 90 days, you know, it's a lie. And I tell everybody who joins my real estate program, like I can give you the tools that you need. I can give you the information. I can give you the support, but this is going to require a ton of work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you want to go full time at this, that's what it's going to be like. So 
I don't know if that answers your question. It does, or not. man. That's, that's an awesome answer. So, so where do people find you at? How, how do we find out more about uh, what you're doing? How do we find out about your courses? How do we buy your book? T- tell us. Sure. Yeah. So the book is sold on on Amazon. If you want a hard copy, um, you just you know type in the bar Hayden Crabtree or skip the flip, whichever you want. Um, and then you can get it again for free at HaydenCrabtree.com forward slash free book in the audio book or PDF copy. You know, I'm always on Instagram. Like I get tons of DMs every day and I try to respond to every one of them. So if anybody needs me, they can reach out to me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook group that I try and get people in, give away a lot of good free content. That's uh, the art of no money down real estate investing. You can try and join that. Um, And if you need an email for whatever reason, it's just Hayden at HaydenCrabtree.com. So very accessible. That's awesome, man. I'll tell you again, so impressed with you. I just, I love the passion that you have for helping other people. Again, for it being a win-win scenario or no deal, I just, I love that. You've helped our audience for the Entrepreneur Adventure today. And Aiden, we're just glad you gave us your time, man. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast, or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.